0: Tonight, welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group to get ready for tonight's meditation. We're going to have a ooh, to get ready for tonight's meeting. We're going to have a little over that thing? We've got a little meditation pretty soon. Fred, take over.
1: Good evening,
0: everybody. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Fred. Hi, Fred, yeah. and I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Hey, yeah, Mike Chase. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start that there meditation in a couple minutes. So please take a moment to get situated.
1: Please turn off all devices that make noise or will distract others for the duration of the meeting.
0: Coffee area is in the back. If you guys can get cups of coffee without distracting the heck out of everybody, fantastic.
1: Also, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. Remember,
0: this is a tech-free meeting, so turn those little addicted little things off. Put your Candy Crunch and your Tinder and your Home Shopping Network apps off.
1: So yeah, after the meeting, take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of the day
0: drift away. Ask God to help you stay focused on the study tonight. So suggestions for meditation. Close your eyes. Sit up straight. Don't get too comfortable because how many times has somebody gone into meditation and it's turned into nap time? Yeah. So we want to be somewhat uncomfortable because the whole purpose of being in meditation is to bring us into the Now. And the best way to stay in the now is to be uncomfortable and have a little bit of uncomfortable going on. So, in saying that, enjoy your time with God, and we'll see you guys in three minutes.
1: Let's do the us version of the fog light prayer. God, God, let your love shine shine through us like like a fog light. light. So those who are lost, sick and dying and find find your your love love through through us. us.
0: Let's do a secretary's report. and That would be Scooter
1: Pie. Scooter Pie.
2: I am a recovered alcoholic secretary. My name is Scott. Hey, Scott. I want to thank Ryan for covering for me last Monday. It was greatly appreciated. In keeping the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. I've asked Frank to please come up and read the recovery statement for me. Yeah, Frank. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic.
3: Hi, my name is Frank. I'm an al- uh, alcoholic. Hey, Frank. Um, recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. The presence of conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to the alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime, but we have restored to sanity. What was the problem? The main problem of alcohol centers in the, his mind rather than in the body. We are now seeing where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we are recovered. Thank you.
2: Excellent work. We believe in sponsorship here, 1940s style, big book sponsorship from forward, award, from forward to second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried. 50% got sober at once and remained that way. sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experienced is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% plus success rate. Wow, my voice sounds good tonight. In the back with Josiah, we have CDs, mugs, print big books, little red books, and other dictionaries and stuff. Thank you very much, Carol Merrill. <laughs> he can help you with all your sorts of uh, purchases. Uh, we have a couple of announcements. I think just let's see, we got one more week to go here. So, the Fellowship of the Spirit, South Florida, Friday, June 21st and 22nd at the Wyndham Deerfield Beach Resort. Mickey and Marie from Denver are flying in. Mike Chase has tickets and they're also available on the internet. You can buy them in line,
0: you can also buy them at the door.
2: There you go. Chapters to Recovery, June 28th through June 30th. Speakers from around the country are coming to this one. It's at the Ritz-Carlton and Coconut Grove, Miami. Get your Ritz on. Uh, Heather? Oh, okay. Tanisha has tickets for that if you need it. There are flyers in the back of the room on these uh, events as well. Timelines. We meet here every Monday at 5.30 to set up the room. If you want to come early and get to know us better, please join us. At 6.30, we have Coffee and Conversation. At 7.12, the bells ring, and the Road to Recovery tune starts. We ask you to be in your seats by 7.15 so the monks can start chanting. They don't like to be back in that room very long by themselves. All right. <laughs> All right. So enjoy your Monday. Next week, bring a friend of me. We'll see you then. Bye.
0: Thanks, Scott. Thank you, From Thank the you fort- Scooter
1: Pie. From the forge to the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this
0: book and of this group. From their solution, also from the big book, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we've discovered a common solution. We have a way out which we can absolutely agree and which we can join a brotherly in harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism.
1: This is an open meeting, and as such, all who have an interest in alcoholism and our program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so. Your anonymity will be protected. You, we ask that you protect
0: ours. And on the anonymity, the reason we mention that at this meeting is podcast. So he's recording it right now. We edit out last names wherever possible. But if you don't want your name out on the Internet later on tonight for the world to hear that you are here pass the mic, or just disguise it.
1: Can we have a show of hands of people joining us for the first time? Welcome.
0: Thank you. Can I see a show of hands of the recovered alcoholics in the room? Wow, if your hand's not up, I would talk to the people whose hands are, because then you can get connected to God too and help people. And live happy, joyous, and free.
1: While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility.
0: So did anybody get by our welcoming committee and not have a book? So who doesn't have a book in front of you right now? We'll get one right over to you. Fantastic. Successfully got everyone a book. Before we begin our study of the big book, last week we reviewed Tradition
1: 10. Tonight, let's take a quick review of Tradition 11. Please refer to the unabridged big book, page 562. And then the little book, abridged book, page 177. Welcome, Lexi. Lexicon.
4: Lexicon.
5: Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Lexi. I'm a recovered alcoholic.
1: Hi, Lexi. Hi,
5: guys. And we're on 11. One away from 12. In the short form, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. Seems very loud. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And in the long version, our relations with the general public should be characterized by personal anonymity. We think AA ought to avoid sensational advertising. Our names and pictures as AA members ought not to be broadcast, filmed, or publicly printed. Our public relations should be guided by the principle of attraction rather than promotion. There is never need to praise ourselves. We feel it better to let our friends recommend us. I don't know, guys. This one's a little tricky for me. I feel like it's a an easy, hard one. You know, it's like, little straightforward, but a little more going on under the surface. So I will do my best to unpack it in now four minutes or so or less. So I guess let's take a look back first. I mean, obviously, AA has been publicized before in press, radio, and films. And honestly, without those instances of favorable publicity and AA's legions of well-wishers, a would have never grown into the society that it is today. If you take a look back at some of these major periods of growth sparked by publicity, you got that little old article, Alcoholics and God, which was the first national article about A.A., published in 39 shortly after the book, and it resulted in some, like, 800 urgent calls for help. You got Rockefeller and his fancy dinner for his New York friends publicizing A.A., Another flood of pleas, you got a few years later in forty one, the Jack Alexander article in the Saturday Evening Post, and by that year membership jumped to like 6,000. And all of these inquiries weren't just alcoholics and their families. They were, you got doctors, you got clergymen, you got employers. So AA felt this deep urge to kind of develop the best public relations policy that they, prob- that they possibly could. And what they decided, as we know today... Is attraction rather than promotion. So obviously AA had to be publicized. So they resorted to the idea that it would be far better to let our friends do this for us. And what they mean by sensational advertising is AA as we know it today, you're not going to see a billboard get sober in AA when you're driving down 95. You're not going to hear a Radio commercial for AA after you hear a 411 pain jingle. You're not going to see it on your Netflix stream. You know, we rely exclusively on this principle of attraction. And it comes from seeing the program work in the lives of the people in the communities around us. Alcoholics who have recovered through our program are themselves the strongest attraction that AA has. So that's one part. And then there's also this policy of personal anonymity. So AA decided to refuse all personal publicity, insisting only on publicizing the principles in their work, not its individual members. And why is this? It's because personal anonymity is denial of self-seeking. It's because we are not in the business of selling personalities. It's because self-appointed messiahs speaking for AA through public media can only do us great damage. And it's a constant and practical reminder that personal ambition has no room in AA. And I think there are a few other things worth discussing here. So our society isn't a secret society. We want to carry the message to anyone that we possibly can. And when we get sober, we want to tell our families, our neighbors, our coworkers, our employers. And when we do, we're not breaking this tradition of anonymity In the meaning of this tradition You know, but if I was to get super famous doing absolutely, I have no idea what, I would be breaking it if I went on TV and announced that I got sober through AA. The big idea behind that is if it ever fails, my many, many fans would then think that AA doesn't work. You know, they'll be less likely to seek it when they seek sobriety. And because being a member doesn't cede the responsibility of being a spokesperson or a promotional campaign, A he didn't ask me to be one or he doesn't want me to be one, you know? And since I am not touching social media at all, at least in this tradition, that is all that I have for tonight.
6: Thanks, Lexi.
0: What do you say we get her back to do the concept sometime?
7: Yeah,
0: maybe. I'll
1: business meeting, cool. In order to help us stay focused as we be begin to study the big book, we use the big book study guide prepared by Joe and Charlie in the Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group.
0: Uh, so tonight we have asked my old buddy friend, Bill, to come up and be our reader tonight, so I'll yeah. help you up on the stage. Come on. come on, Grandpa. There you go. Don't hurt yourself.
1: Uh, tonight we're going to be- begin on page 129-ish, 127 ballpark, in that area, which will be read tonight from Bill. After the page is read, we are going to ask questions from the podium, starting back at the top of page 128-ish. The answers will be one sentence, unless otherwise specified, and multipart part questions are simply a one-sentence answer, split up by commies, commas, semicolons, commies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation. So what he said in English is we're going to have Bill read the material once, and then we're going to go through that by having a question and answer period where we dissect the information the second time. Um, Notice how the language in the question gives new light in which to consider the study material.
1: Why would this be important? Well, this is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we have completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what we have just read. If you have spiritual experience with this information, please feel free to share.
0: And if you don't, feel free to just listen or ask a question. And if we start going down rabbit holes of, boy, where's this going and sharing stuff like that, I've asked Alan to be the one to slightly bring that back to where we're at. However, big book sponsorship is not therapy. Should you begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in private... Please do not offend it when Alan cuts that conversation short. That's where we have the fellowship meetings, before and after. We can talk about our personal crazy diddly-doos going on with, with people who also have crazy diddly-do stuff going on. The whole purpose of this is that we're going to relate, we're going to connect with people that have been through areas that we're going through so we can help each other. That's the we part, right?
1: Right. Right. So you can never go wrong by commenting on the page this brings us to one of the words of the co founders of the one of the words of the co founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12
0: Steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. And that, of course, was Bill W. So we're in the family afterwards tonight, and this is our 72nd session tonight. We just didn't roll the dice and say, hey, let's do family afterwards tonight. (laughs) We actually started 72 weeks ago on page zero. So if everybody turns to like page zero, it's like that's where where we start finding out about what Alcoholics Anonymous is. If you're new to Alcoholics Anonymous, it's kind of important to figure out what you're getting yourself into. You know, we don't want to do, do no bait-and-switch type stuff. You know, we're up front exactly what Alcoholics Anonymous is about, why we're here, how it got started, and some of the historical information. And we also have the forward to set straight some, mis- some misconceptions people have. So I always like to tell my sponsees if, if this is a fellowship that may be hopefully for the rest of your life, let's make sure you know what you're getting into first. And that's really important because we come into the disease concept, which we find out about in... Doctor's opinion. And
1: doctor's opinion is going to explain to you what you suffer from. So you learn where you come from, how we got started... And then you learn, in the doctor's opinion, we have a three fold disease mind, body, and spirit. Mind being the mental obsession, that hamster wheel that we run on. Um, the body being the phenomenon of craving, which is the manifestation of the allergy. And mind, body, spirit. And the spirit part being the spiritual malady, which is the disconnection from God. The best way I can describe it is like a hole in the soul. But not only that, it's already talking about, in
0: the, in the doctor's opinion, to work with another alcoholic. And the best way to do that is through stories. You know, for Jennifer. Forever, human beings have talked and communicated each other through stories, their experience, shared, shared, shared knowledge through the story process, and that's why we have Bill's story, which brings the information from the forwards and doctor's opinion to life. What does an alcoholic look like? Early stage, middle stage, end stage, pre-recovery, recovered. Life turns around. What does that look like? Well, it requires a lot of work and requires a spiritual solution, which is kind of scary. So how does that relate to alcoholism? We have a chapter called?
1: There's a solution. You're really good at transitions.
0: You're better picking up.
1: So we have, there's a solution. And once we learn the first three chapters, we find a solution and it is God. It is a spiritual experience. Um, It talks about we're without defense against the first drink. And how do you acquire a spiritual experience? You work the 12 steps.
0: You know, and that sounds like a lot of work. Can't I just get sober by not doing anything? Well, we have a chapter called More About Alcoholism, which explains why a real alcoholic is needing a a fundamental, phenomenal, Spiritual experience to change Problem heavy heart drinkers may not need to do the steps A real alcoholic would So we have a chapter called more about alcoholism Which shows what real alcoholic struggle is With trying to get sober with not working the steps Can I see a show of hands of people who haven't been able to stay sober By not working the steps Okay, Who, you have the secret not. Hand. who has not worked the steps You know the failure time and time again Great. Right. So what does that look like? That solution thing is kind of scary, especially to have an issue with God. So we have a chapter called we agnostics
1: and we agnostics is going to it does. It pins you in a corner to say, who, is, who are you to say there's no God? And if it, you have a trouble with the higher power aspect, it kind of helps you to
0: find the solution to that. And the cool thing about this whole spiritual experience is for myself, I dealt with the God thing back in Bill's story. I was just on par with Bill struggling with the conception of God because of my grandfather's ideas and my family's ideas, and I wasn't happy with the God I want. So I did we agnostics, and I realized that was my misunderstanding of what a God and a spiritual experience is like. So I became willing to turn my life over to the care of God, which is I don't want to lie and cheat anymore, and I don't want to screw people over anymore. Easy. So how do I do that? Well, i got to find out what's blocking me from God, and that's what a four-step is about. I go through my resentments my fears my sex conduct my harms to others to find out what's causing me to have a blocked relationship with God once I think I found all the information I take it to somebody who's really going to know what's going on and that's in the chapter called into action seven steps
1: so once you do this fourth step you are ready to now share that fifth step with somebody Go over all of what you have to go over. Somebody who's guided by God is going to direct you through that. You're going to find a list of character defects, which is 6 and 7. You're going to do 8 and 9 with that amends list you have, and you're going to kind of create an amends list, and you're going to go out and repair the damage done in the past. And then it sets you up for daily directions when you wake up to do a little God buffet, when you go to bed to do a great nightly inventory. Wouldn't
0: it be cool if they taught me 10 11 when I was, like, in kindergarten? Right. Probably going to save me a lot of trouble. Yes. So now that I know this, how can I help others? Well, we got a chapter called... Helping others. No. Uh, What is that chapter called? Working with others. Working Working with with others. others. Helping others, working with others. Old man. And it helps us how to do a 12-step call. It's not specifically how to sponsor somebody, how to, how to work with somebody. It's how to get somebody diagnosed early on, and whether they're one of us, and get them excited about maybe checking through our step process. So now that I'm working with others and my life is getting better, I got hopefully people that also are associated with me who may need help too. And we got a chapter called To Wives. And To Wives is basically like working with
1: others, but it's for the non-alcoholic wife to see how to deal with an alcoholic husband. And it goes through different types of hard hard drinkers, real alcoholics, and it also has
0: solution to each one of those. And it gives them ways to deal with an alcoholic. Has anybody ever had a sponsor tell them, every time you see alcohol in the big book, just think about drug or some other thing, right? Same thing with to wives, you know, to your husband, to your boyfriend, to your whatever happens to your significant other. That's what that whole thing is about. Now we got it into a chapter called The Family Afterward afterward in relation to now that we know that there's a, there's a thing that dad can do to not be a drunk anymore. How do we help dad get through that? How do we become better? Because we've been damaged. So we're into that right now. We're into the part now where dad is finally starting to settle down a little bit. His He's been, um, I don't know, mom's told him to shut up a few times because he's been trying to tell her. He, I love the part where he says, father tells mom she has the wrong kind of religion. That would just, boom. I would have got, if I told him that to my roommate, I would have got smacked. So we're going to start on page 127, and once again, we're just this is new for, for the alcoholic who's getting sober to deal with a family that's full of resentments because dad has not showed up for a few years, and what are the expectations that the family members have on dad? It, it, it helps them to realize what really might be going on, because if you go into this as a family member without any idea what dad's going to be like, now they he's quit drinking, you're going to have a lot of misconceptions, and you're going to be mildly... Let down occasionally. So let's start at... Uh, hi, Bill. Hello. How about as... Perfect bottom of page 127. We're going to have him read about a th- few pages, then we'll stop and we're going to do the question and answer period. As each? Uh, as each member, yeah. Okay. Speaking of resentment family.
7: Hi, everybody. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. My name is Bill. Hey, hey Bill. Bill. <clears throat> as each member of a resentful family begins to see his shortcomings and admits them, To others, he lays a basis for helpful discussion. These family talks will be constructive if they can be carried out without heated argument, self-pity, self-justification, or resentful criticism. Little by little, mother and children will see they ask too much, and father will see he gives too little. Giving rather than getting will become the guiding principle. Assuming, on the other hand, that father has at the outset a stirring spiritual experience. Overnight, as it were, he is a different man. He becomes a religious enthusiast. He is unable to focus on anything else. As soon as his sobriety begins to be taken as a matter of course, the family may look at their strange new dad with apprehension and with irritation. There is a talk about spiritual matters morning, noon, and night he may demand that the family find God in a hurry or exhibit amazing indifference to them as and say he is above worldly considerations. He may tell mother, who has been religious all her life, that she doesn't know what it's all about, that she had better get his brand of spirituality while there is yet time. When father takes this track, the family may react unfavorably, you think? They may be jealous of God, who has stolen Dad's affections? While grateful that he drinks no more, they may not like the idea that God has accomplished the miracle where they failed. They often forget Father was beyond human aid. They may not see why their love and devotion did not straighten him out. That is so that is not so spiritual after all, they say. If he means to right his past wrongs, Why all this concern for everyone in the world but his family? What about his talk that God will take care of them? They suspect Father is a bit balmy. He is not so unbalanced as they might think. Many of us have experienced elation. We have indulged in spiritual intoxication. Like a gaunt prospector belt drawn over the last ounce of food, our pick struck gold joy at our release from a lifetime of frustration, new no bounds. Father feels he has struck something better than gold. For a time he may try to hug the new treasure to himself. He may not see at once that he has barely scratched the limitless load, which will pay dividends only if he mines it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away the entire product.
0: And our study will start at this.
7: If the family cooperates, dad will soon see that he is suffering from a, di- from a distortion of values. He will perceive that his spiritual growth is lopsided. But for an average man like himself, a spiritual life which does not include his family obligations may not be so perfect after all. If the family will appreciate that dad's current behavior is but a phase of his development, all will be well. In the midst of an understanding and sympathetic family, these vagaries of dad's spiritual infancy will will quickly disappear. The opposite may happen should the family condemn and criticize. Dad may feel that for years his drinking has placed him on the wrong side of every argument, but that now he has become a superior person with God on his side. If the family persists in criticism, this fallacy may take a still greater hold on father. Instead of treating the family as he should, he may retreat further into himself and feel he has spiritual justification for doing so. Though the family does not fully agree with dad's spiritual activities, they should let him have his head. Even if he displays a certain amount of neglect and irresponsibility towards the family, it is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics. During those first days of convalescence, this will do more to ensure his sobriety than anything else. Though some of his manifestations are alarming and disagreeable, we think Dad will be on a firmer foundation than the man who is placing business or professional success ahead of spiritual development. He will be less likely to drink again in anything is preferable to that. Those of us who have spent much time in the world of spiritual make-believe have eventually seen the childlessness of it. This dream, This dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose accompanied by growing consciousness of the power of God in our lives. We have come to believe He would like us to keep our heads in the clouds with Him but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth, that is where our fellowship fellow travelers are, and that is where our work must be done. These are the realities for us; we have found nothing incompatible between a powerful spiritual experience and a life on the same of a life of sane and happy usefulness. One more suggestion: okay. whether the family has spiritual convictions or not, they may do well to examine the principles by which the alcoholic member is trying to live. They can hardly fail to approve these simple principles, though the head of the house still fails somewhat in practicing them. Nothing will help the man who is off on a spiritual tangent so much as the wife who adopts the sane spiritual program making a better practical use of it. There will be other profound changes in the household, Liquor incapacitated Father for so many years that Mother became head of the house. She met these responsibilities gallantly. By force of circumstances, she was often obliged to treat Father as a sick or wayward child. Even when he wanted to assert himself, he could not, for his drinking placed him constantly in the wrong. Mother made all the plans and gave all the directions. When sober, Father usually obeyed. Thus mother, though no, through no fault of her own, became accustomed to wearing the family trousers. Father, coming suddenly to life again, often begins to assert himself. This means trouble, unless the family watches for those tendencies in each other and comes to a friendly agreement about them. Drinking isolates most homes from the outside world. Father may have laid aside... For years, all normal activities, clubs, civic duties, sports. When he renews interest in such thing things, a feeling of jealousy may arise. The family may feel they hold a mortgage on debt so big that no equity should be left for outsiders. Instead of developing new channels of activities for themselves, mother and children demand that he stay home and make up the deficiencies.
0: So we're gonna pause there, we're gonna start asking questions. We got Fred's going to ask the questions tonight, and I'm going to walk around with the mic. All right.
1: Let's start. We're going to start at 129, the opposite. All right, so we're going to start above the paragraph above that, 129, if the family cooperates. All right, what will happen when the family cooperates?
8: If the family cooperates, Dad will soon see that he is suffering from a distortion of values.
1: All right, this next part is a two-part question. What will he finally discover, and what has he been missing?
8: He will perceive that
5: his spiritual growth is lopsided, that for an an (laughs) average man like himself, a spiritual life, which does not include his family, obligations may not
9: be so perfect after all.
1: When the family realizes the truth, what will happen?
6: If the family will appreciate that dad's current behavior is but a phase of his development, all will be well. Give that to Ryan.
1: With an understanding family, what usually happens?
10: In the midst of an understanding and sympathetic family, these vagaries of dad's spiritual infancy will quickly disappear.
1: Next paragraph. The opposite will happen
10: if the family does what?
5: The opposite may happen should the family condemn and criticize.
1: All right, this next part is a two-part question. Dad will recognize what, and but now he sees himself how? Dad may feel that for years his drinking
0: has placed him on the wrong side of every argument. But the now, but but that now he has become a superior person with God on his side.
1: If the family doesn't let up, what will happen?
2: If the family persists in criticism, wait. yeah, this false what that? fallacy fallacy may take a still greater hold on father.
11: God.
1: Perfect. Next one is going to be instead of becoming a member of the family again, what usually happens?
12: Instead of treating the family as he should, he may retreat further into himself and feel he has spiritual justification for so doing.
1: Okay, next paragraph, two-part question. What does the family need not do? They should do what, however?
13: Though the family does not fully agree with dad's spiritual activities, they should let him have his head.
1: Um, next one is also a two-part question. Even if he does what, and it is a good idea to let him
13: do what? Even if he displays a certain amount of neglect and irresponsibility towards the family, it is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics. Can you
0: read that again? That's kind of important.
13: Even if he displays a certain amount of neglect and irresponsibility towards the family, it is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics. Thanks.
1: In the early part of his sobriety in his activities, is his activities really important?
2: During those first days of convalescence, this will do more to ensure his sobriety than anything else. I like that uh, all right, page
1: top of page 130 two part question how do some of his actions appear, and we believe he will ultimately be on a firmer foundation than who.
4: Mm-hmm. Though some of his manifestations are alarming and disagreeable, we think Dad will be on a firmer foundation than the man who is placing business or professional success ahead of spiritual development. Ooh,
0: read that one again.
4: <laughs> right? I like that one. Me too. Though some of his... I want to become an astronaut
0: his... first. Then I'll work on the steps. <laughs>
4: though some of his manifestations are alarming and disagreeable we think dad will be on a firmer foundation than the man who is placing business or professional success ahead of spiritual development he will be less likely to drink again and anything is preferable to that
1: thank you next paragraph fred next paragraph what have those of us who have gone spiritually balmy finally done
12: Those of us who have spent much time in the world of spiritual make-believe have eventually seen the childishness of it.
1: Two-part question. What has our dream world been replaced with, and it has been accomplished by what?
2: The dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose, accompanied by a growing consciousness of the power of God in our lives.
1: What have we come to believe?
12: We have come to believe he would like us to keep our heads in the clouds with him, but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on the earth. Why is this? That is where our fellow travelers are, and that is where our work must
1: be done. What are these for us?
10: These are the realities of us.
1: We have found no incompatibility between what two aspects of our lives?
14: We have found nothing incompatible between a powerful spiritual experience... And a life of sane and happy usefulness.
1: Alright, there's a comment in here. It says many of us many of those experienced with our spiritual program declare that it proves to be the most practical thing they have ever done.
0: Can I pause a minute? Yep. Bill, could you look up convalescence in the book right next to you that says dictionary on it? Okay. you got your reading glasses?
14: I got better than that. You I've got it better.
0: already. Oh, we got it here already. Too late. You're slow. Here you go.
14: <laughs> well, he's fast. Convalescence. Time spent recovering from an illness or a medical treatment, recuperation.
0: He thought that was important to share, and I
1: agree.
14: Mm. Hi. thank
1: you. All right, so we're on the next paragraph. What is another suggestion? Back to you.
14: Whether the family has spiritual convictions or not, they may do well to examine the principles by which the alcoholic member is trying to live.
1: Two-part question. What will they find hard to disapprove of, and even though the alcoholic may do what?
13: They can hardly fail to approve these simple principles, though the head of the house still fails somewhat in practicing them. What has proved to be the great help to the alcoholic?
2: Nothing will help the man who is off on a spiritual tangent so much as the wife who adopts a sane spiritual program, making a better practical use of it.
1: Next paragraph. In what other areas will there be changes?
5: There will be other profound changes in the household.
1: Perfect. While dad was drinking, what was the mother becoming?
10: Liquor incapacitated father for so many years that mother became head of the house.
1: All right. Um, how, did she, how did she do? She met these responsibilities gallantly. Because of drinking, she was forced to do what?
2: By force of circumstances, she was often obliged to treat father as a sick or warward child, wayward child.
1: Even when he tried, what would happen?
9: Even when he wanted to assert
5: himself, he could not. For his drinking had placed him constantly in the wrong.
1: Did that bring us to 131, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Alright, what did Mother do?
8: Mother made all the plans and gave the directions. Hmm.
1: When would Father do what he was told?
0: When sober, Father usually obeyed.
1: By default,
2: Mother
0: became what?
2: Thus, Mother, through no fault of her own, became a Accustomed to wearing the family trousers.
0: Bill, could you explain to that in modern language what that means? The For the pants to, in
7: the family. <laughs> which means? She, well, she was really kind of running the things, uh, which typically in a household, the father is thought to be the head of the family. But when he was absenting himself through his alcoholism, uh, she became the head of the family. I find that a little chauvinistic, but nevertheless, that's what they're intending. You're welcome. <laughs> huh. now that dad is sober what will he attempt to do
1: father coming suddenly. talking into the fuzzy part
3: oh sorry father coming suddenly to the life again often begins to assert himself
1: this could lead to trouble unless
0: they do what this means trouble unless the family watches for these tendencies in each other and comes to a friendly agreement about them
1: next paragraph drinking isolates what from what
8: Drinking isolates most homes from the outside world.
1: Father may have abandoned what other parts of his life while drinking.
8: Father may have laid aside for years
5: all normal activities, clubs, civic duties, sports.
1: When he gets involved in these things again, what might happen?
11: When he renews interest in such things, a feeling of
1: jealousy may arise. What may the family feel?
5: The family may feel they hold a mortgage on dad, so big that no equity should be left for outsiders.
1: Instead of getting back into normal activities, the family may
0: do what?
10: Instead of developing normal channel, new channels of activity for themselves, mother and children demand that he stay home and make up the deficiency. Thank
0: you. Now that's it. Open that's for it. conversations. Yes, go. Thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. So I was always wondering, like, how do you present the book to family members? You now do you have them start on page zero so they know everything about AA and alcoholics? And or do you start them off in the, to the wives and to the family afterwards? Right here, you know, it tells them specific reasons why they should go back and maybe read the rest of the book. You know, give suggestions to the family. Now that you know why dad's going like this, you may want to know what he's done in order to get like this. So when I'm working with folks, I tell them to go read to the wives or to the family afterwards, and then they can decide if they want to go through the rest of the program. That's very helpful. I was uh, doing service at church the other day, and I'm sitting, and this poor woman she has to sit in this little room with me and do lights. And uh, she's like, "Oh, you're that alcoholic guy, aren't you?" It's like, "Yeah." And she started asking about it and questions and stuff like that. And she, you know, she said, "Can I come to them dare meetings?" And I go, "Well, these meetings you can." I explained to her between open and closed meetings, and how that she, you know, it's like you have to assume we. Have, we have to be careful not to assume that the general public knows everything about us, that, that they know that they can go to meetings, that they, that we have a book, that, that this what this is all about. So we are talking about the tradition she snuck out of here. We're the best form of information to pass on to people who know. So if people know you're a recovering or recovered alcoholic, it's nice to know this stuff when they come and ask you information. So, Father will necessarily spend much time with other alcohol, but this activity should be balanced. You know, when, I, when I'm working with folks, the first thing I do is I, I get them involved in AA as quick as possible. If they've got families and kids, then they've got to take the balance on that. Most of the people I work with aren't married and don't have kids. So I can, like, recommend they do this all the time. But, you know, the family's got balance, too. We're not just going to steal them away from the family. But the only way to stay sober is by working with other people. And i got experience with that.
8: Hey, I'm Blake. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Blake. Um, so I find it really relatable where it says drinking isolates most homes from the outside world. And father may have laid aside for years all normal activities, clubs, civic duties, sports. Um, I think that's really important because I know as an alcoholic I isolated a lot. And I gave up a lot of the fun activities. Um, that I had interest in in order to go out drinking and in order to like pursue, you know, that lifestyle. And I do believe though that it is hard for a family to, you know, a feeling of jealousy may arise. I think it is hard for a family to fully accept when an alcoholic does start renewing their um, interest in these things, like such as going out with like sober fun and sober friends and uh creating an atmosphere of camaraderie and fellowship but I think it's one of the most important uh bases around it because when you renew your fellowship with your friends and family then you have like that sense of belonging. So that's all I have.
1: Thanks thanks for sharing. I think I saw Chris's hand up in the back. Hi Chris. Fuzzy part.
12: Hi everybody I'm Chris I'm a recovered alcoholic. <laughs> hey Chris. Um so so <laughs> page 129 going into 130. This is something that I really connected with, uh, being on a firmer foundation than the man who's placing business or professional success ahead of spiritual development. Um, you know, for a lot of years, I really looked at like my career and what I was doing for work is more important than AA. And I went to hundreds of AA meetings and I didn't stay sober for even a week or a month, really. So, um, that was a good way for me focusing on business and professional success instead of the spiritual development to stay drunk and still go to AA and pick up a lot of they have gold medallions uh, for 24-hour chips instead of white chips up north where I'm from. Um, but recently, you know, I mean, when I, when I got sober, um, I went kind of in the opposite the – opp- actually sober, I went kind of in the opposite direction. And there were a few instances where I actually quit – uh, jobs, which, cause I didn't really respect the work that I was doing. And I didn't, I was, just, I wasn't reasonable. Like it says here, the manifestations were alarming and disagreeable. So I was like, well, money's money's not the answer. Money's not important, but there's still an element of responsibility in showing up for work. So I quit these jobs in, a, in an in irresponsible way. And then I went and sponsored guys. So I'm reading the book with guys and I'm like, this is great. I'm doing God's will. And, um, it's nice to see that that balance is pointed out here. You know, you can, we can go in the opposite extreme and now, you know, I am, I've been working at the same job for about a year, and I'd like to think that I'm reasonably responsible there. Uh, but that's not my primary purpose. My focus is on spiritual development and working the steps and helping others. Hopefully, on on most days. And uh, you know, the book is that's what the book's pointing out here. And and I love that my mom has actually read this book and she listens to the audio book too because she's come to visit from the west coast of Florida and stayed in my apartment uh, when we had you know a, a drunk crashing on her friend's couch and we're hanging out with. I was hanging out with him for a lot of the day. Hey, this is so-and-so. And it's like she she understands. You know, She loves that. She said, I, I read this book, so I know that this is the most important thing for you to do. That's all I got. Thanks, Thanks
10: Chris. We have Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Ryan. And uh, I'm going to keep this short. Uh, I like the, the part where it says, one more suggestion, whether the family has spiritual convictions or not, they may do well to examine the principles by which the alcoholic member is trying to live. Um, something that I that I've noticed in my own recovery is, uh, like, when I first when I first got sober, I would call, like, my family members, and I would tell them about everything that was going on in my life because, I mean, like, they were all back home, and, like, and I was down here, so, like, they had to hear, like, about, like, how I went through my fourth step and, like, what I was doing in my fifth step. And, like, then when I was, like, doing my tenth and eleventh steps, and I would, like, explain, to, I would have to explain to them about everything that I was doing because, uh, I mean, like, they obviously have never they haven't gone through this so they didn't know um but something i've noticed now is like like i'll call my family members and like i don't know if like i'll sound different different to them or what but like they'll be like oh are you not are you not doing your 10th and 11th steps and like i'll be like oh, crap like so like the fact that like they now they have an idea of what it is that i do here and i mean they help to keep me in check a little bit because of that, whereas before, like I mean it was just kind of like a free for all. So um I think it's important to share this stuff. I mean it says in the beginning of the book that this isn't just a gift for alcoholics, this is a gift to the world. Um and this is a way of life that anybody anybody could have. We just need it to live. Um but anybody could do this and and have a happy, joyous and free life. So that's all I've got.
0: Thanks. Yeah, you know, this is a malady of fatality. People die from this thing, right? So just like any other disease out there Family oftentimes gets involved Like people get some form of cancer The family shave their head They do telethons They do marathons, right? So with alcoholics It's the same thing The family gets involved And helps the person get sober That's a better chance Nothing will Nothing will help the man Who is off on a spiritual tangent so much As the wife who adopts the same spiritual program Making a better practice of it You know it was what somebody said it was chauvinistic and stuff like back in those days. And, but, you know, as the father or the wife was getting recovered in one part of the house, in the other part of the house, the family members, the wife or the husband, whoever it be, was in the other part also going through the same process. There was this family sticking together stuff that was so prevalent back then. So anytime you can help a family member get involved in an al or any of those other sister programs, we're going to have a better chance of getting and staying sober.
2: Hi, Scott, Recovered Alcoholic. I see a lot of this that we've been bringing tonight is really a giant balancing act uh, where you can get so into what's happening to you that you could scare people away. And on page 129 when it says, If the family will appreciate the dad's current behaviors but a phase of his development. That's kind of how I felt about a spiritual awakening. It was so amazing to me that it was actually happening that you want to tell everybody about it until you're blue in the face and they're sick to death of you. And that's not what you want to do. You want to drive people away. And I think that's really the biggest thing that I've, I've tried to deal with is uh, wanting everyone to get this, what I'm getting, and share it and explain it. And it's it's a balancing act. You You really have to share what's happening to you and leave it at that. You really can't lead someone else into it. You can just tell them how it made you feel or share about how it's changed you, but uh, that's about as far as you can go with it and not to demand of other people that they accept the way you're doing things or demand that uh, you do it a certain way as that's the only way. There's a lot of different ways to do this, uh, but it is a really cool thing. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thanks. If we can get somebody who shares on maybe who's in the relationship in recovery, how they practice, how they keep programs separate, how that works for all of them, that would be cool. Since oh, we got any, Oh, good. We have any Allen honors in the room, by the way. Oh, here's all
14: these guys. Hi, family. Paul recovered alcoholic. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paulie. Um, I find it interesting on the bottom of one twenty nine. It says it's well to let him go as far as he likes helping other alcoholics during those first days of convalescence. This will do more to ensure sobriety than anything else. Sounds a lot like the first sentence in working with others. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. So you're telling the family the same thing that they told us because they need to let everyone know. Somebody somebody up in the front was talking about it before. But the line that that really gets me is on page 130. Um, I used to tell people I was on a pink cloud, and they said, be careful because you're going to fall off of it. And I told them, well, you know what? I got 17 years. I'm still on a pink cloud. And what it says right here, he would like us, to keep our head in the clouds with him. But our feet ought to be firmly planted on the ground. That's where we do our work. I mean, my personal experience is, I've been on a pink cloud since I had seven months over. I'm coming up on 17 years, haven't fell off the pink cloud yet. And the truth is, if we do that, we, I was talking with Scott before the meeting, says we're not a glum lot. This is the only prescription that says we insist on enjoying life. So if you're not enjoying life, you're not following the directions in a book. It's really that simple.
0: Yeah, the pink cloud.
14: Pink cloud it's really
0: be an accident. The pink, cloud, it, the pink cloud is not an accident. It's not a temporary. That's what you strive for. That's what steps 10, 11, and 12 for is to keep you in the present, to keep you in your fourth dimension, to help you to grow. You don't want to lose that thing. You want to keep shooting for that thing. There's going to be bad days calling. and good days, right? That's right. But you get it right time. back, Yeah. Don't be like, oh, wait till the pink cloud pop.
14: It's
0: like, that's mean. Yeah. Hi.
13: Hi, Recovered Alcoholic. My name is Alan. Hey, Alan. Um, yeah, the, this, um, I think this passage has a lot of meaning for me or a, a current experience, and I feel like I'm always in current experience. Um, this process is never ending for me, and it's continuing to change and continuing to develop as new teachers and new things come into my life. Even being here tonight, you know, my eyes are being opened and, and I'm looking at it from a different perspective rather than in the middle of the experience. And um, for me, I remember, I think working with another alcoholic has been the cornerstone for my recovery. in in my relationship, what it's done is it's allowed me um, to work the steps in my life. And what it's done, it's, it's been a mirror experience for me because as I go through the steps, I, do, I didn't get that, that white light experience at step five you know, and six and things like that that other people have talked about. What I, when I had my experiences, and I still do today, where I feel my growth, where I see myself is when I'm sitting with another drunk. And that's been a save-all for me in my recovery. That's just been my experience. When I'm sitting with a newcomer or somebody um, trying to get sober, no matter what is going on in my life, I've been, I have was homeless, and I consider myself homeless because I had to go sleep on a person's couch, a friend's couch, because I had no money, in sobriety. I lost you know horrible experience, lost my business, completely broke, not enough money to feed myself, not enough, enough money to pay for a motel. Here I am on a friend's couch in sobriety. The solution at that moment, and the same thing my teachers told me, go work with a drunk. And so I worked with more drunks at that time. And I worked with more drunks until I don't know how God put the pieces back together. All I remember in that phase of my life was working with drunks. That was what all, the only thing I could afford to do. I couldn't afford to go out. I couldn't afford to go do nice things. But what I do know is that that's always saved me. It, whatever's happening in my life, when there's issues um, with my family, with my marriage, with you know whatever's going on in my life, I can rely and count on going to serve God and his people and building his kingdom. And for some reason, everything always works out. And that's been the, you know, my experience in in my recovery. I'm currently in this experience. So for the past five years, I've been experiencing fighting for my children. And I say fighting, I mean, a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of court, a lot of uh, going through, you know, custody battles for my children and And all these things changing. And my 16-year-old daughter is currently with me for the summer, for the month of June. And my 11-year-old will be with me in July. I've got a a newly six-month-old marriage. And here I am trying to work, provide, ministry, recovery. I've got all these different aspects. And I don't know. There is no way. I remember asking Pete about four years ago. All my inventory had to do with balance. I called it balance. And he said... There is no balance. There is no balance. There's a rhythm. If you get in the rhythm, everything will be okay. And so today I just pray for the rhythm. The reality is I, you know, I, I know I'm going to ch- attempt to show up at work tomorrow morning, but I have no idea what I'm going to do. God calls me at any given moment, and that's when I go. And I have to, there's all these aspects because for me, I would pick up my phone all day long for drunks rather than doing my job, and I've done that. And I've watched my business suffer from doing that too. So there's different things and aspects you know you try to do, but what I do notice if I'm doing God's work, my family usually goes along with it. Tonight my wife's at some meeting I have no idea with women somewhere, and here I am, you know, at a meeting, and that's how I kind of do life. And my daughter's practicing worship music at the house by the pool, Yay. you know, and um, so I don't really know. I, I all I know is that this is uh, this has been critical for my recovery. And uh, I I would spend all my time doing this because I know one thing before I got sober, I had no purpose and I had no meaning in my life. And I thought I offered the world nothing. All I did was took from it. So when you get sober, you're so passionate because you finally feel like you have something to offer the world. And uh, I know all my family I have an incredible family. And I thought I never had any. And I have so much family today, no matter what they are. They have graduations, weddings, parties. If I say I have something to do in Alcoholics Anonymous, no problem. Because they'd rather me show up occasionally without stealing from them, yeah. without robbing them, and robbing the cupboards and cabinets. You know, they'd rather see me once in a while, you know, with, with cheeks and, and weight on and with a smile on my face, knowing that I'm, you know, doing good to the world. They'd rather see me like that once in a while than all the time, and they get it, you know. And so I see God works all those things out. He really does. He works all those things out. So thank you for letting me share.
0: You know, going back to the, where this comes from is Bill's story, and this is the, just Bill had, had his white light experience, and up to this point, Bill, before his white light experience, had been a lot like us, lying, cheating, stealing, manipulative, self-centered, and considered and self-serving, right? The first thought that comes to Bill after his white light experience, while I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what has been so freely given to me. Perhaps I could have helped some of them. They in turn might work with others. Next chapter. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all our affairs. This is where we have to come in, right? Particularly it was an imperative to work with others as Ebby had worked with him. Faith without works was dead, he said, for how Pauline true for an alcoholic. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, including family members, he could not survive the certain trails and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. That is with us. It is just like that. Imagine where he came from. And this is the opportunity he has to have a life again, a purpose. This is where it kicks. I, I, when, I talk, when I work with guys, I like to talk about when Bill had his uh, moment of writing how it works and stuff. But what led up to that is Lois used to work at the department store, and she used to come home, and she'd come in the back door and hang out in the kitchen because nothing pleased her more than hear Bill sitting at the dining room table talking recovery with the boys or talking recovery with the new one. This, from where she had come, and when the family members remember where they had come from, then everything that we do from this point is amazing. This is from Bill. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associations, associates remained skeptical for a year and a half during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time as plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment that sometimes drove me back to drink. But I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. When the families know where we're coming from and what this is all about, they're going to jump in and support us in this 100%. And if they don't, if we keep this... They won't catch it. They'll, they'll, they'll be resentful even more so than they have in the past. Bill, did you have something to say tonight? Yeah.
7: Um, talking, speaking to that other point you asked me to comment on... Uh, Being a thoroughly modern, fully evolved, and totally recovered person, in my family, I'm the head of the house. What I say goes. And my wife, being the gracious person that she is, allows me to persist in that delusion. When When I first got sober... Uh, and, and I was kind of waking up to this program and this new way of living. I, I knew I was going from something familiarly, confusingly familiar into something totally unfamiliar. And I needed some context. And for me, that was learning about the AA history, reading the, the preface and the forwards and, and stuff like that. And eventually working the program and getting getting oriented. When you think of a family coming together, and, and I'm talking about the alcoholic and his family, they're doing a similar thing. You know, they're, they're embarking upon a whole new reality, something completely different than what they had been experiencing for a long time. What had become their normal, however abnormal it was their normal, is now going to shift drastically, hopefully. I find these pages invaluable in sharing, like Michael said, with the family, reading it together, reading it individually, and talking about it, because that's really important to help give context to what it is we're trying to accomplish here with my recovery in the family. And, you know, the family has been warped somewhat, for sure, by my experience and my behavior. They need to recover too, okay? And that is not to say that they're all crazy alanons okay? Um, but it is to say that that they that, that the normal for a human being has been shifted to some absurd normal for them. And we're trying to bring it back to center. So it's, it's really helpful to be talking about this balance. Alan, you, 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 you like rhythm better than balance the way i see it is you know my behavior was like this and what i'm what i'm trying to do is to to modulate my behavior okay so there is balance and there is rhythm to it and i and i think these th- these kinds of discussions help people to understand the kinds of things they're going to confront and some good suggestions on how they might address them and that's really important because we're really talking about Emotional and spiritual sobriety shared. You know, if I get really sober and I'm like, you know, on a beam of light someplace and my family around me is like crazy, have I really recovered? You know? So I think that, I think that it's important that as part of my recovery program that I carry my recovery to others and allow them to carry their recovery to me. Because it's a shared experience, and I think that these these kinds of discussions, the family afterwards, two wives, even to the employers, uh, really helps to to give some good advice on how to accomplish that, how to achieve that, what you're going to encounter, what and how to get around it. That's all I got.
0: Thanks, Bill. Thanks for reading tonight, and thanks for sharing. Old school AA.
7: Thank you for the I'll opportunity really to be really of really service.
1: From A Vision for You, page 164. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit, transmit something you haven't got. Seek to it. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is a
0: great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. And on that topic... It is the practice of the... Yeah, that was a segue. Oh. And on that topic... I was like, do we have something going on? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group member sponsors to introduce
0: their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. Does anyone... Yes. So if you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and you have a new sponsee that you want to introduce to us so we get the phone numbers, get to meet, reach out to them and talk to them, this is that time. This is that moment. We give a medallion. We actually we have a medallion. It's the the Bill uh, Bill and Dr. Bob bringing uh, AA number three, who which is Bill D. And on the other side, it has some cool stuff. So this would be uh, your welcome to the AA family. Thank you, Hi everybody. Chris,
12: recovered alcoholic. Hey, Chris. Um, so I'm I'm actually met Tom at this meeting last week and uh, had the opportunity to sit down and read with them and get into the preface and the forewords. We're going to meet up again Wednesday, yeah, and read. Uh, so. You know, I'd just like to say that, that he seems like a really genuine guy and is somebody that I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know and seeing what God has in store for us both on, on this journey. Tom.
1: Yeah.
0: I've Did
13: you grab one for the big guy? Yeah. Thank you. Recovered Alcoholic Alan. Hey, Alan. Uh, I just want to take the opportunity to introduce this guy to the family. Um, I met him at a at a meeting that I happened to stop into. He raised his hand when they asked for somebody looking for a sponsor. I kind of just ran up to him and said, "I'm your sponsor." And uh, <laughs> and uh, no, but he was uh, fresh off the street like me, man. And I seen it in his eyes, and I seen uh, I've seen a lot of willingness. And, and we've got to get together a couple times, and we're going to do so after the meeting. And and um, so everybody, meet Eric. Please, Hi, Eric,
15: stand up. Yeah. Hey.
0: So everybody get these folks phone numbers, send them some texts, make them feel part of, you know, don't wait for them for a crisis. Let them be part of your recovery, their recovery Boom. now. Because if you're not friends with them now, when the boot hits the fan, they're going to feel weird calling you. Anyone celebrating a year or more of sobriety that would like a
1: medallion tonight? Is anybody celebrating a medallion next week?
0: Okay, cool.
1: Who wants to raise their hand for a sponsor?
0: Who needs a sponsor? Raise your hand. We got Pete in the back.
1: Oh, that's Jack. <laughs> sorry, that's Jack Lalanne. Uh, if you'd like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card. Can all home group members raise your hands and keep your hands up if you're going to help tear down? Awesome. Gotcha. All right. Thank you for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week, Thursday evening, as our Alcoholics and Gods Step Series Workshop. She is absolutely on fire with Step 9. My ninth or, session. Ninth session is going to be this week, Thursday, at 7.15 downstairs in the Fellowship Hall.
0: And after her, we have Peter M. going to start up a series after that. Don't forget, the 4th of July, we're going to have that fab Coney Island Hot Dog Extravaganza hoedown. And it's free. It's free. free And and then there's free fireworks at the beach afterwards that you can go partake in. All right.
1: Uh, Please wait till you're 75 feet away from the doors to vape or smoke. Please walk out of the church door and go to your left. There's buckets down there if you could please respect that.
0: And so we're going to close with the Lord's Prayer sitting down. So everybody just like turns your phone off, chills out a little bit, and get some respect to the one that got us and keeps us here. Who got us and keeps us here? Our Father. Our Father.
11: Yeah. These possessions that I had Amount to nothing
9: smiles with you baby yes when you're laughing when you're laughing yes the sun shining through but Crying. You bring on the rain So stop your signing baby And be happy again Yes, and keep on smiling Keep on
15: smiling
9: Pai de Pai
6: When I go to sleep at night And I dream now Uh Uh-huh Fear has left me And I'm standing tall A pile of bricks now lies Where once there stood a wall That I hid behind For all this time
4: Sometimes it takes a burden
6: A great white light to set you right. Well, my eyes don't cry now, I'm about to die. Pity party's over, the guest of honor has arrived, and he's on my side. This way flies. And, my guitar. and I play my songs, and people sing along and stomp their feet and raise their arms.
4: And here in this moment that we share, nothing could come in.
6: song is god bless i love you mike chase bye
15: i think you know this one don't you (laughs)
9: Go <laughs>